You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Brothers Turbo. To Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me is, as always, Todd Stark. Hello. And with us today in the Palace of Megapixels, our very special guest, the one, the only, the magnificent Astro Grump. Best name ever. Howdy, folks. Nice to be here. How are you doing today, Astro? I'm doing great. Excited to be here and actually be able to comment on the things you guys are saying. When I'm listening to your podcast, I always have something I feel like I want to chime in with. <laughs> Now I can. Awesome. See, that's what we want to know. We want to know that people are out there listening to it and saying, I've got a comment too. I want to I want to get involved. We tell people all the time to comment and they never do. Never. Never. Well, there's at, at least two or three times every episode. when I, Maybe I'm on the bus on the way home from work or something listening to the podcast where I almost feel like I'm on Twitch and I wanted to go type in the, ch- the chat <laughs> box to say something or... But I can't. <laughs> if we can ever get a good setup, maybe we can do live podcasts on Twitch. That would be fun. You that said that a like a game show host. Or oh, yeah. So, in our usual fashion of having guests on Astro, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a guy who plays video games on Twitch. I only uh, stream a couple times a week. Pretty busy. I'd like to do more, but that's what I do. Um, I generally play a lot of Daisy and Summoner's War mm-hmm. these days. Summoner's War is a mobile game. I think most people know what Daisy is. Yeah. I think I've I've never played it but I have heard of it. You've told me about it quite a bit, right? What was that? Day- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that's what you said. Yeah. And but Summoners- I am a variety streamer, but mm-hmm. those are the top two streamed games on my stream right now. And you said Summoner's War, that's a mobile game. I don't see a lot of people do mobile games as far as streaming. No, that yeah, mobile games are new on my stream. I think I got that set up about six months ago. Um, you know, I've been playing mobile games pretty heavily for a couple of years now. And, you know, I thought, well, it'd be cool if people stream that. And then I realized that a lot of people actually do stream mobile games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it took a while to get that set up, though, and have it run smoothly. And there's still some hiccups, but I think it's, it's a growing community on Twitch, mobile gaming. Nice. Yeah. Now, how long have you actually been streaming? Uh, I don't know the exact date because um, I feel like the first few months I was just experimenting. I was kind of fascinated with Twitch. Um, didn't really know how it worked. So I was playing without a microphone and actually typing in chat in my own channel, playing <laughs> some weird games. I don't. I don't remember what it was called, but some kind of hard game the first time I uh, broadcasted and then uh, eventually I did my research and watched some other channels followed some major streamers and started figuring it out maybe two years ago two and a half years ago mm-hmm. but really uh, started out with Daisy yeah I, I would have to say yours is probably the most chill stream I've ever been in I always enjoy 
dropping in and just hanging out because it's not to say that nobody else really has a, a, a chill stream, but I don't know. It's just like this. It's a nice hangout spot, you know, just to kind of come in there and hang out with you and whoever happens to be there. It's just very chill. So I dig well, that It's nice lot. to hear that. Yeah. I think that's I've found heard that out. before. That's my favorite I'm a kind. pretty chill guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any issues that you seem to deal with uh, as a streamer? Uh, yeah, of course there are. Um, for me, I wish there was more time to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wish there was 14 days in a week, you know, so I could <laughs> no. be a full-time streamer, go to my job that I also like to do full-time, uh, be an artist as well. So for me, it's time constraints. And starting out, I was a little more worried about trolls. I think this comes up a lot when people ask about streaming. But these days, I'm kind of enjoying dealing with trolls in my own way. Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, we can go into that more if you want. Right? No. Yeah. I mean, anything you got to say? Hell yeah! I want to hear. I want to hear. <laughs> what, I want to hear what, you, what are you doing to the trolls? Like, how's well, that become a thing? That, I think that the internet, you know, internet's kind of a crazy place. It can be both wonderful and terrible at the same time. I think mm. we all know that. Especially, oh, yeah. uh, it's definitely going to come out when you're watching Twitch. Um, but to me, most most of the time, I think of trolls as prank callers. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I would make prank calls, and it's kind of the prank call of today. Um, and I find that if someone's coming into someone's chat and being nasty, they're just looking for attention. And, um, you know, I've been doing this thing where if there, a troll comes in and says something real offensive, I'll just ban them for 10 minutes. <laughs> and they never come back. They don't have the patience. <laughs> so that, that's how I'm having a little fun with it these days. Rather than getting upset about it. Yeah, and I guess most people would actually just ban them outright, but just to time them out, that's kind of funny. It's kind of a bitch smack. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little yeah. game I have for myself, really. Have you had anyone come back? No. Wow. So they, they just assume yeah. they're done and then they're out. That's interesting. Yeah, but watch next time I stream and I do it, they'll come back now. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's true. I jinxed you. I'm sorry. So you, you mentioned <laughs> yeah. a, you mentioned a, a moment ago that you love art. Um, I, I've heard that you are kind of a aficionado of art. Um, what kind of art do you like? Uh, I like um, all kinds of art. I studied art. Um, I'm a practicing artist, and I work in museums for a living. Um, nice. I keep it a little under wraps and keep it separate from my Twitch identity, but... Mm -hmm. um, uh, I work mostly in abstract, contemporary, more modern art, I would say. Interesting. But um, I started out as a printmaker in school and then went on to study sculpture. And nowadays I do, I have more of a multimedia approach. I'm making video and painting, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, that, that's a big part of my life, but I haven't really, hasn't really crossed over with the Twitch. I right. Is that something you've ever considered doing as maybe career, uh, creative streams? I have um, considered doing it. I, I did do one stream once when I was working on, I was working on a six, a series of six paintings and they were abstract and I was kind of stuck in the process and I didn't know what to do next. So I took photos of each painting, brought them into Photoshop, and then made layers on top of them to just kind of digitally paint on top of them and see what different things I could do. 
So with each painting, I, I went off in like three different directions and uh, a lot of my regular viewers were confused. They didn't know what was <laughs> happening, but I think overall people enjoyed it. It was just me listening to music and drawing. I, I really enjoy watching people draw with their Wacom tablets mm-hmm. yeah. or however they use, whatever the input device is. I think it's very nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm impressed by those who can use them because I've... I guess I've not tried hard enough, but I have tried once and I just, I felt like there was a phantom piece of paper that wasn't non-existent and I kind of needed to see my picture and it being on a computer screen was not the same as being in front of me. So it it threw me off. I know uh, know exactly what you mean since you're not having that direct contact with mm -hmm. the piece of paper or the canvas or whatever it is. Um, The way I figured it out is I just, unplug my mouse one day and use the tablet to do normal stuff like surf surf the web yeah and then it just yeah i got used to using that pen on the tablet and then eventually it it really only took a couple hours to get used to <laughs> but i think the first experience people have is what you described it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of alien yeah oh yeah absolutely so uh maybe I'll, maybe i should try getting into it Again, give it a little bit more time because I didn't give it much. Yeah, yeah just surf the web with, with the pen. Mm. See what happens. <laughs> well, man, it's great to have you here. And uh, we're going to get into our normal segments now. Let's get into our very first segment. What have you been playing, Astro? I never thought I'd saw, say this, but I've been playing some PUBG. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it a is. lot of PUBG this week with some friends. I haven't streamed it, but kind of addicted right now i we we hear it's a lot of fun yeah i like watching it it's you know i you know i'm a daisy lover and player but um with PUBG, you can just you know log in and be in the action instantly mm-hmm. i'm gonna That's have to what it's about for me i guess if one day it ever shows up on a console or at least a console that i own <laughs> i know I'll i would definitely that's a first day by yeah absolutely uh, what about you, Todd? What have you been playing? Let's see. I played uh, Arizona Sunshine, the oh, VR yeah. thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Seemed like it. Yeah, yeah, I saw yes. the uh, trailer for that. That looks great. Yeah, it's uh, the, the move controllers is the way to play with it, it's, you know, since it's in the VR. Mm-hmm. feels so much more natural. Even the walking, like at first I felt weird. Like, I mean, I really just, I was, I cussed a lot in it when I was trying <laughs> to do that. And, uh, <laughs> I finally figured it out. I'll, I guess through the game, it's kind of like using the pen. In a few hours, I figured it out. You know, mm-hmm. but it felt natural. The the shooting was awesome. But uh, and the story, I mean, it's just fun. It's a fun game to do. I didn't get sick. Uh, I guess I did get sick one night from the motion. The way I tried the walking, mm-hmm. and it felt really like I'm, I got sick. Yeah, <laughs> Had your, to quit. your brain is <laughs> yeah. just not comprehending your yeah. movement. That and um, let's see. I think that might be, might be it. That's it? Yeah. Like, well, good. I think we're all in a short week this week. I've been playing Bloodborne again. I finally started to get better at it. I've gotten a lot of progress because the first time I played it, I did not do well. It was always kicking me down, keeping me down, and frustrating me to no end. So okay. I had to put it down. But it, it kind of reminded me in that regard when I thought about it, the very first time I played Monster Hunter 3. Yeah. I, it was a completely new game to me. The mechanics were not something I was used to, and it just 
tore me down. Like I could not beat anything. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Put it down, come back. And I was doing great. It's like I finally, it finally clicked. So this must be the same way. It finally clicked. Yeah, that game so is... So it's, it's a pain. It's tough. I've, I've still cussed several yes. times. I'm sure yes. the last couple of nights, everyone's heard me cuss up a storm. And I'm glad we don't have a swear jar. <laughs> Man, I got to the... What's his name? Father G. Yeah. Terms of, have mm-hmm. you beat him? Yes. Yeah. See, I got there and like I got stuck. Like I had a certain amount of energy and, you know, and I couldn't go back. And that's pretty early on. Oh, I know, man. Like, but I loved what I played of it. Oh yeah, it's once you once you can figure out the mechanics and do it, it can be fun. Oh, that's awesome. But it can still be frustrating. I think that's why so. I liked uh, Hellblade so much. Hmm. I still want to play that. I, it I felt like. Uh, oh, I want to play Hellblade really badly. Oh, dude, play with the headset. And, and is uh, Bloodborne a RPG? Uh, sort of. I mean, there are RPG elements to it, but I, I would probably lean it more toward uh, action adventure. So, okay. But but it does have the leveling up element to it, which that was, again, something else that I was starting to realize is that some at some point, maybe it was just me and I hadn't noticed, but you have to make sure you, you know what you're leveling up. Like you have yes. the different skills that you level up. Sometimes the, the stats don't go up. No. And I noticed that and I was like, well, have I been feeding this one stat and nothing's going up oh you gotta pay attention so i started paying very very close attention after that because i felt like i was wasting points yeah so all right well we're gonna move into our news first big news and this was a last minute edition obviously was the game awards for 2017 they were held on thursday night uh for the most part many of the games that were won were I would say not a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Cuphead took home about three awards. Best Indie Debut, uh, Best Indie Game, and Best Art Direction, which Deserving. they completely deserve. Yeah. Uh, Hellblade, as you just yeah. mentioned, yeah. also nabbed three awards. Best Audio Design, Games for Impact, and Best Performance by or for Melina Jurgens for Senua. She did awesome. Uh, Overwatch was awarded the Best Esports Game. I didn't know that was a thing, but I didn't even know that was an eSport game. Overwatch? Yeah, yeah I thought it yeah. was a... I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't realize I know, it was man. a sport Bl- game. Blizzard put it out, right? Uh, yes. They're big enough, they can turn it into an eSport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also yeah. Uh, won Best Ongoing Game, which I guess that means what? Just ongoing? Been around yeah. A while? I guess it keeps going still, forever, maybe? It's still going in the, the community right now? I guess, yeah. I don't know. Um. The night's big winner was uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, winning Best Action Adventure, mm. Game Direction, and the coveted Game of the Year. Um, I am surprised that out of all these games, Horizon Zero Dawn was not on the list. Yeah. It did not win a single award. And a lot of people, us included, yeah. felt that it was a, a surefire winner for something. Oh, yeah. At least that'd be... Like, Zelda would get Game of the Year. I knew that. Mm-hmm. But... I felt like it would at least game that would be the one least. behind it. Yeah, or best action adventure narrative. You know? Yeah, something. But despite that, there were a few other games. I'm going to run through a quick list of other notable winners. Uh, handheld game went to uh, Metroid: Samus Returns. I'm going to play that. Uh, best sports racing game was Forza Motorsport Seven. Always. Uh, strategy game Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Sure. Uh, <laughs> best family game Super Mario Odyssey. I think that was a shoe in. Best fighting game in Justice 2. I don't even know of another fighting game that came out that would have went toe-to-toe with it. No. Because it's been pretty solid. Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, no. I mean, it had the potential, (laughs) but it didn't. It fell flat. Yeah. Um, 
The best role-playing game, Persona 5. Saw a lot of people playing that this year. Action game, Wolfenstein 2. Uh, best VR AR game was uh, Resident Evil 7. I, yeah. I would kind of agree with that just from the time that I played. I want to go back and play it in VR now because I've gotten more used to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have scared the hell out of me playing that game the first time in VR. I couldn't have done it. I probably would have thrown up. I and, and I think having a better understanding of everything that's going on, you're going to be a little bit more mentally yeah. prepared for it. So oh, I yeah. can see that. Um, best mobile game was Monument Valley 2. That sounds familiar, but I don't know what that is. I feel uh, like Monument Valley I 1, I remember. Uh, best score was uh, Near Automata. I think I said that right. Yeah. And best narrative went to What Remains of Edith Finch. See? I've, that, I've wanted to play that. I've heard yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but that's narrative-wise, man. I think Horizon I don't. Better we than don't that. know that. We don't know. I've never played it, so I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I that have, game was too good to not get anything. I... I I agree. I agree absolutely. Somewhere it should have won. Like some, graphics or something, you know? Graphically, yeah. Especially, I don't know. I think even game direction would have been yeah, fair. Definitely. That's so, a shoe in to me. This was like a uh, crash Brokeback Mountain scenario at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where everyone was like, what? It, despite that, you know, congrats to the winners. Also with All that. those were good games, though, you know? Yeah, there they were some good games in there. Well deserved. Uh, also, we had the... Uh, various game trailers that came out during the award show. Uh, games like Metro Exodus, A Way Out from EA that we'd been talking about recently. Yeah, okay, yeah, so they didn't stop it. No, it's That still, was the one we thought we didn't know which one they'd close. Mm-hmm, yeah. Still going. Good, A uh, Way Out. Death Stranding uh, also showcased new footage. Ooh, I gotta see that. If it's an eight-minute trailer, Astro, did you happen to see this trailer? No, but I am super excited about Metro Exodus. We can talk about that later, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got to say, just, just watching the several trailers that they have released for Death Stranding, it's like Kojima has turned into David Lynch during his Eraserhead era because I have no wow. idea what is going on. You know, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> Kojima, though. And and you you just you expect there's a there's a narrative there, and you're trying to figure out what it is, but they give you nothing. They give you all this visual footage and you're trying to figure out what am I watching? I have yeah. no idea, but a lot yeah. of crazy things are going on and there might be something to it. I don't know when the game comes out, maybe it'll all make sense, but right now it makes no sense to me. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, check it out after this. Um, announcements. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do right after this, uh, announcements for, uh, other games like Bayonetta three, soul caliber six, and even world war Z were seen. Yep. I think I'm I'm not too surprised by the Bayonetta thing. I can't. I think we kind of touched on that uh, by, about Platinum Games a few weeks back. Yeah, where they were talking about a new IP, but they lied. Wasn't mm-hmm. new. And I'm not really feeling a World War Z, man. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you say World War Z? World War Z, like based on the book in the game. Well, if it's like the book, the, that's the cool. TV or movie? If it's like Why it, am I, I can't get it. Movie. That's movie. what it was. It's a game now. Okay, so is it based more on the movie or more on the book? I would say probably based on the movie because I don't like from that. what I saw, those things are that's fast, man. Like. Those zombies are fast. Yeah, they were running at you. I don't want running zombies, man. Well, because that's what you're getting. <laughs> I, it I scares me, dude. I can't do it. I can't. The whole zombie thing, man. I've I've complained about that before. It's just it's getting tiresome. No, it's not. For me, it is. No, for me, it is. I'm sorry. No zombies. Zombies but just never get old. Isn't there kind of an ebb and flow to uh, the popularity of zombies in 
media culture. I think based on maybe based on the economy or politics or something. I mean, like I don't really care for zombies either, but uh, sometimes I do. You know, when Walking Dead came out eight mm-hmm. seasons ago, it was zombie time for yeah. some reason. Yeah, and then now it's kind of waning a little bit. I think it's because the market became oversaturated with it. Because before Walking Dead hit the airwaves. It used to almost be like this underground yeah, movement that I was no there. one knew about. You know, it was just you—you you had to be in that special clique who were like zombies. Oh yeah, like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Yeah. People saw those movies and they were like, "Oh yeah, that was it." And then everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, I know what a zombie is," but eh, and I don't that was like it. zombies. You know, yeah, I don't. How do you care not like zombies? zombies? But then Walking zombies Dead hits awesome. the scene and everybody loves zombies. Everybody wants zombies. So. <laughs> I just feel like it's become oversaturated because the market has shoved them down your throat so yeah, much that they everything have. has zombies. And you're like, yeah, okay, I've seen this. What what else you got? I just like, if zombies are done right, it works every time and it's fun. But if they're done, if you mess with it, you screw it up, then it ain't, it's, I don't even want to have nothing to do with it. Yeah, and that's, that's but what I like, I still it. like those too, yeah. though. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'll still play a game with zombies. It's just, I don't go out of my way to play it. You know, it's just like, well, there it is. I'll, I might play it at some point. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, other trailers that we saw, there was a PUBG trailer showcasing a new desert map. I heard about that. Uh, sea of Thieves actually got a release date for March 20th of 2018. We finally saw the trailer for Media Molecules Dreams. What is that like? Did you see it? It looked fascinating to me, but it also raised some questions. Did they? Are they using VR? I, w- I would really think that they are mm-hmm. because some of the footage that you see, you see somebody kind of grabbing out at you. Now, right. they didn't specify that 100% in the trailer, but based on if I see someone reaching out for me, I'm going to assume you're wanting me to see that for a reason. Right. So there has to be some form of VR going on into it. But what was interesting about the trailer, and when you see it, I want you to, to see if you kind of get the uh, same idea. It was almost like they were showing me numerous co- types of games. Right, Like all sorts of different games, whether it be like a racing game, a flying game, a platformer, shooting games. It, it was just, it was weird. You know why? Because different you styles. can make those games inside that game. That must be it. That's exactly what it is. And and none of them look the same. That was the other interesting right. aspect of it. So they took Little Big Planet out of Little Big Planet, and now they use that level designer. That's mm-hmm. what I'm guessing. That's what I thought the whole time. But they're trying to... Like I guess break this wall to where you do whatever you want to. If yeah. you want a squiggly line to chase you in this game, you got a squiggly line chasing you in the game. Kind of, it doesn't matter. And, whatever and you can create. If that's it, then based on what I saw, yeah, absolutely, that would fit right into yeah. what I saw. So um, that's cool. I'm interested. If I'm, I can figure out how to use it, I would love that. Yeah, I would create a zombie game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you would. Um, now there was an, another interesting teaser that was shown. Uh, at the end of, or, or somewhere in the middle of the, the show, it was a 30-second bit that showed like a bloody device uh, being tightened, almost like a, a vice. Right. Uh, then it cut to black, and it just showed a text that said, Shadows Die Twice. Now, I don't know if that meant that's the name of the game. Some have speculated that maybe it's a Bloodborne 2 teaser. I don't know. It, was it, it by, did Sony bring it It out? was a From Software, was the was the company right. behind it right after the end. Right. Did it say anything about PlayStation? It said nothing else. Once it said uh, Shadows Die Twice, then From Software's logo showed up, and that was it, and that's where they left it. Oh, God. So <laughs> there's a lot of speculation going on. I don't know. Um, 
I think it would be uh, interesting. I don't know if it would be a game that I'd be like super psyched for <laughs> because I was just complaining that it's a little tough. But huh? despite that, no, I mean, it's that's cool. It's a fun game. And at some point, maybe I would be interested in trying out another one. Yeah. Should it happen? Oh, you know you'll get it. I'll get it. At some point. At some point. All right, moving on. Uh, we have an update on a story we covered last week. Uh, Epic Games has settled one of their copyright lawsuits that it filed against players who had been using cheating software on their game. Both parties agreed to a permanent injunction, which, if breached, will cost the accused $5,000 in damages. That's it. Well, the <laughs> accused, Charles... Uh, who I'm going to ruin his name. Vrasper. Vrasper? Vrasper. <laughs> We're going to call him Vrasper. Because he's, I, I don't care. Uh, he's this from guy, Nashville. or Jerillion, that's his AKA name, Jerillion, uh, he was banned nine times from their servers, but every time he would go register a new account and continue playing. Jerillion. Jerillion, oh, come on. Yeah, no kidding. He was also accused of writing some of the code for the cheat software, but that has not been proven. They had this suspicion that he was part of it. Uh, the proposed injunction would also ver uh, forbid Jerillion from carrying out any copyright infringements in the future. He has to destroy any cheats that he has, and he has to never cheat again, which when you read <laughs> that, do it, that. It, it sounds like you're talking to a child. Like I mean, pretty much is what it is. Yeah, if you, you don't do it again, we'll make you pay me $5,000 if you do it again. <laughs> I mean, it just, it does. It sounds juvenile. I don't know. This is... This is Fortnite, right? Yes, for Fortnite. Yep. Okay. Um, he's nope. also prohibited from cheating, writing, developing, advertising, promoting, and or distributing anything that infringes on Epic's work now or hereafter protected by any of Epic's copyrights. Damn. Yeah, so they are, they are locking that down. They locked it down. <laughs> they dropped the mic. Now, in addition to this settlement, Epic Games also responded to the mother of the 14-year-old cheater that we mentioned last week uh who sued in a, who they sued in a separate case now the mother accused epic of taking the minor to court and making his personal info known to the public which is illegal in delaware i think is where he was from right and the company had noted that it had no idea of the age of the defendant when they filed the complaint and that by handing over his full name and address in the letter she wrote she is the one who exposed her son not them the rules dictate that filing uh, the filings mention that an individual known to be a minor should be or should use the minor's initials only, not the full name as the mother did. Now, while the mother may have waived this protection with her letter, Epic says that it will stick to the initials going forward. And since this uh, situation is no different than the other one, I'm sure it'll be resolved in due time, just like the other one. Probably oh, yeah. settled out of court. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I do, I, I kind of find it funny that they kind of. Tossed it back to her, say, "Well, you're the one that screwed up, not us." But they're still taking the high road. They could have right. been jerks about it and said, yeah, "Well, you know, we're going to continue down this road and we're going to make it a lot harder for you." But they didn't. That's probably all it is. There's nothing else. No, no money. That's it. Yeah. Speaking of jerks, uh, EA, <laughs> their CFO Blake Jorgensen sounds like a big douchebag. <laughs> douchebag released a statement based on their. Uh, loot box situation they're in right now since everybody is starting to govern the idea of loot boxes and whether or not it's gambling. It's like the wild, wild west over there. Yeah, it is. He says, quote, 
Clearly, we are focused on listening to the consumer and understanding what the consumer wants, and that's evolving constantly. We are working on improving our progression system. We turn the microtransactions off as an opportunity to work on the progression system inside the game. We're continuing to do that. I think there's an update this week and again next week. Over time, we'll address how we want to bring the microtransactions either back into the game or not at all, and what form we will decide to bring it into. They will screw this up, I have no doubt. It feels like EA just said, I'm going to go to the edge and just dip my toe in yeah. and see if I get bit, is and they're going to pull it back. Is it cold? So, no, I, they're always interested in the money, and that's not going to change. They're going to screw it up. So I, I hope no that that's just a warning. That's awesome because that's a big win for like the consumer and stuff. Oh, yeah. If that really starts knocking people back, mm-hmm. you can do it on your cell phone. That's fine, whatever. Don't bring it into the console. I don't. I don't want that. No, it, it doesn't belong there. I don't think. If if the the, the way I see it, I, if your game is free, like to download and play, sure, throw in some microtransactions. Right. Otherwise, come on. Yeah. Right. Sixty dollar game that you have to pay more for afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate and that. And constantly, you know, I mean, a, a DLC pack or a season pass that you pay an extra thirty bucks for—that's your choice. Right. That's your choice to to, yeah. to pay that money to get that extra content when it comes out. And some people do it right. Right. You think? Take a look at something like uh, go back to what Arkham Knight. They had six months worth of content yeah. that they just fed you for. What thirty bucks? Yeah, that's awesome. And that was amazing. Fallout costumes and and extra missions and everything. That was cool. So I don't know. I, they're they're looking at it from the mobile stance, not from a gaming console stance. Right. It's like you said, they're they're completely different. You right. know, I agree with right. what you said, Astro. Free. Throw me some microtransactions. That's fair. I'd like to go beyond that though, and I think that a free to play player should be able to do everything that a paying player does but maybe it just takes a little bit longer right yeah that's exactly right absolutely next story i have this was an interesting story and i'm I'm glad that i I stumbled upon it because i definitely want both of your opinions on this because it's i don't know it rubbed me the wrong way and i'm hoping it will for you Um, it might not rub me the wrong way you're hoping something's gonna rub us the wrong way yeah Yeah. well i want to see if you agree where i'm at or or maybe you'll see something different maybe you'll make me see this story in a completely different light i have changed your mind before you have now last week the daily mail ran a story calling the upcoming quantic dream game detroit become human sick and repulsive claiming that the game normalizes and even trivializes domestic violence and child abuse a few weeks back, new game footage was shown with a scene depicting a young child living in a house with an abusive father and a nanny who happens to be an android or a replicant or whatever you want to call it. In each scenario shown, the player has choices to make as the nanny to either make a choice to intervene with the you know father attacking the child or not. And even that is kind of simplifying the numerous yeah. choices that you're kind of getting in the game, I feel like. You know, that's one of many because you are given numerous options from what i saw um right you are now most of this seems to be coming from childline founder dame esther rats ranson (laughs) ranson boy these people and their names i know she's the main voice urging sony interactive entertainment to either remove the scene completely or pull the game entirely Eh, hell no saying quote violence against children is not entertainment It's not a game. It's a real nightmare for thousands of children who have to live through these kinds of scenarios. The makers of this game should be thoroughly ashamed. 
I think it's perverse. Who thinks beating a child is entertainment? Now, other voices chimed in as well, like Peter Saunders, who's the founder of the National Association of People Abused in Childhood, who added abusers will get off on this stuff. And the other thing we know beyond question is that video games end up being played by children and scarily the proliferation of salacious and abusive images is actually encouraging violence and abuse. David Cage, who's the writer and director of the game, deflected the criticism, saying, for me, it's a very strong and moving scene, and I was interested to put the player into a position of this woman. I chose her point of view because what's important to me and what's important in Detroit is to say that a game is as legitimate as a film or a book or a play to explore any topic such as domestic abuse. If you really look into the game and if you play it, you'll understand that the game is not about domestic abuse. It's about... It's part of Kara, who's the android, her story. She's not the victim. She has a beautiful story, and hopefully you will be moved by what happens. Yeah. Now, currently, the Video Standards Council, which is responsible for deciding computer game age ratings, refused to say whether or not they would grant it a classification and allow the game to be released. A spokesman said that any decision to refuse a certificate is not taken lightly, And to the extent we consider necessary, we are able to consult our advisory panel of leading psychologists and legal experts. Furthermore, Sony Interactive Entertainment has declined to comment, and I just really feel that these people are missing the point. They are taking it out of context. They've seen that trailer, and they stopped right there. Yeah, and it's like no different than anything else we see anymore where people see just the main focus, and they they do not look at the big picture. They see here. They see the the bottom line, and it, Absolutely. it it angers me because, like he said, you're 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 not you're not trivializing this. You're not you're not bringing it out there for people to say, oh well, look at that, it, we're beating a kid. Right. Great. No, that's not no, even no, what the no. game's about. You're not doing that. That's you, a situation. If you are in that situation, yeah. real life, you're seeing somebody smacking their child. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. how would you react? This this game is kind of giving you that moment. What would you do? And how would that affect the, you know, choices in your life from that point on? Because you could get slapped with abuse or, or assault charges yeah. because you went and punched the father. He could be like, well, or the mother or whoever, and just saying, you know, well, you hit me. And it's like, well, you're hitting your kid. Well, it doesn't matter because here's the law. You know, right. you assaulted me, I assaulted you. However it works out, you, you could still get in trouble for that. So there's that moral gray area. And and do you? Because, you know, I've, I've been in situations, you've been at the store, and you kind of see their parent kind of mishandling their kid. Maybe they're not smacking them around, but I don't know. It just They'll do something that just kind of makes you be like, man, I want to smack you, you know, because right. it just makes you uneasy. But yeah. can you do anything? Do you do anything? Right. No, because you feel like it's not your place. No. And it's... I think I just get an assault charge. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a... It's a very interesting scenario, one that I don't think a lot of people are ever put in. No. And this game is kind of putting you in that position to where you're making a choice. And I think it also reflects on you, especially a lot of these games, whether it be Telltale games or even, you know, like uh, Heavy Rain or or even this right here. They give you those options, and I feel like they're a reflection of you. In some way, they're a reflection of you, especially your initial playthrough. How do you react? Mm Mm-hmm. So well, it's something that stood out to me and uh, the the comment about um, 
they they called it entertainment for mm-hmm. entertainment. To me, it goes beyond entertainment. I think that word doesn't quite sum up what a video game can be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, and I haven't played it, so I don't know, but it sounds like you're being put in these, this uh, complicated moral dilemma, which, uh, you know, happens in real life all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not 100% entertainment when I'm playing a video game. It's an immersive, different experience that you know, may be similar to real life in some ways and some ways not, but um, I don't know. I think it's a misunderstanding. And, oh, you know, totally. this, this conversation has been going on since Beavis and Butthead was on the air <laughs> and some kids burnt down a trailer park mm-hmm. right. and they blame Beavis and Butthead for it yep. uh, or Marilyn Manson or something like that. It's yeah. just, I think a lot of people just miss the point because they've never experienced video games the way we have. Right, and and even kind of adding to that, as he kind of brought up movies and books, you take a look at some of the stuff that are in a, that's in a book or a movie. Oh God, there have yeah. been there have been children killed in movies several oh, yeah. times. You take a use it as an example. I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody, but Georgie, he's the first yeah. child that that's dies. Awesome. That's a terrible death. It's, dude. it's terrible, but in in regards to that, and I, I kind of defend that scene. Just in the sense that I don't want to see a child die, but you have to understand and you have to feel that emotion that his brother's going to go through. So by seeing it, you're you're kind of thrust into it at that point. You understand the heartache that he's going through because you watched it happen and you feel for him. Right. You know, so I feel like that's a way to immerse you in that much in the same way that a game does the same way. It, It tries to find a way to get you into it and immerse you into the story as right. opposed to because if it's not a good story you're not going to be into it and you're just right you know you're going to not care but if you can really get into it to a point where you you feel like you're a part of it then that helps the immersion and yeah. and some movies like anything else they're an escape some games are an escape you just forget about everything for a while and that's it but sometimes and that's what he's trying to prove they can be so much more i think that it's important for this game because you're playing an android. Mm-hmm. They don't have any emotions, so I think it's showing there's a change in this in this android. She's special. Yeah. So you have to feel that, like she feels it, or you don't understand the story at all. Yeah. It, and you don't get anything out of it. No, and I, I'm really hoping that even to to further what he's trying to to prove here, there aren't those dismissive choices. You know, where you, you well, turn into a jerk, you know, because yeah. I don't know. I well, mean, granted, there are going to be those moments where you don't react and then something happens. Like we saw in that trailer, the, the child dies if you don't do anything. But how we know she ain't that's knocked out? I mean, I know. We don't even know how much abuse is even shown. It might just be implied. Yeah. I don't like closed minded people like this. No. You know, it just it aggravates me. And but. kids are not going to play this game because they're no. going to turn it on and it don't blow up or shoot somebody online. They ain't going to play it. Yeah, it's going to be way too cerebral for them, and that's the point. So I, I really can't see I a say kid leave getting it in. into that. I say leave it in, and I'm I mean I feel why she if this was game was <clears> doing <throat> what this lady said. Yeah, I would feel her. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it ain't doing that. No. It just seems like a misunderstanding. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Sony, if you're listening, which again, I know you're not. Don't, don't fight the man. These people fight the man. Keep it in. We're we're standing behind you. We'll buy your game. All three of us. All three of us. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs>
Moving on to a little tidbit story that I got here. Steam has officially parted ways with Bitcoin as that. a way to uh, purchase games on their website. Is this the downfall of Bitcoin? Well, Valve has cited that high fees and business conduct as a reason for this decision. Steam released a blog post addressing uh, the issue. Here are a few choice statements that I picked out. It says, in the past few months, we've seen an increase in the validity or volatility, excuse me, uh, in the value of Bitcoin and the significant increase in the fees to process transactions on the Bitcoin network. Unfortunately, Valve has no control over the amount of the fee. These fees result in unreasonably high costs for purchasing games when the payer is paying with Bitcoin. The high transaction fees cause even greater problems when the value of Bitcoin itself drops dramatically. The normal resolution to this is either to refund the money to the original of the original payment or to the user or ask the user to transfer additional funds to cover the remaining balance. In both cases, the user is hit with a Bitcoin network transaction fee yet again. The transaction fee being so high right now, it is not feasible to refund or ask the customer to transfer the missing balance. I feel like that sounds like a pretty classy move. Yeah, I do too. Because it, it's it's funny that it spiked where it is. What did they say today? It was up to 12000 the value of Bitcoin? I mean, it's if you got into that early, dude, you're millionaires right now. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, it's big. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it was 10000 last week. It's all hyped up right now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going crazy. And I do find it funny that how so many... I'm, I'm one of them. I dismissed it. I was like, Bitcoin? Bit, I'm not yeah, going to get I thought it was like you'd get in trouble for using it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it just kind of blew up, so... I kind of wish I'd have gotten into it, but at the same time, I don't know. There's a friend of mine. He is into it, dude. He's into it. He almost he tried to get me into it, but I felt like it was a uh, a, a triangle scheme the way it was. Yeah. Like, hey, refer me and do this, this, and this. And I was like, well, you try to take my money. <laughs> yeah. But he's using like the – he got into the one where they pay for, I guess, the marijuana people in Colorado and all that whole network. Yeah. You know, they can't make transactions because it's – still classified as illegal federally mm-hmm. well it's called paragon they're going to start using that he was acting it's almost like the stock market if you pick the right one and you put enough money in it you're going to get paid but at the same time it goes up and down and one day it could just crash hmm. i mean this could be the beginning of a bitcoin just crashing you know yeah what I mean? and that's i guess where i see a lot of these people saying well i gotta invest in bitcoin now i'm just like nah, i don't think so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna jump yeah. on that train now I'd be getting Maybe out. Maybe getting a time machine and go back a few years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But you <clears> move to Paragon. Like I said, Paragon's going to be used by the marijuana distribution people, you know? Mm-hmm. So that could be big. Yeah. It's, Who knows? You just jump from one to the other. Which one's big now? <laughs> Which are you going to pick? Your future rides on it. Yeah. Let's keep jumping. Yeah. Moving on, uh, Bedtime Digital Games musical action-adventure game Figment has released or received a playable demo on Steam along with the announcements that the game will be available on the Nintendo Switch in early 2018 ahead of PS4 and Xbox One editions later in the year. The game is a musical action-adventure set in the recesses of the human mind, a strange and surreal world, a place filled with our deepest thoughts, urges, memories, and populated by many voices we hear in our heads. 
The game was widely praised when it was released on the PC in the summer, with reviews calling it charming, intelligent, and a delightful puzzle adventure. It was delightful. Mm -hmm. The new playable demo gives players the chance to check out a small portion of the game and experience firsthand its unique mix of lively combat, head-scratching conundrums, and full-blown musical boss fights. Those conundrums. You don't know what a conundrum is? No, I said those conundrums. Oh, those conundrums. Uh, Bedtime Digital Games, if you don't know, is an independent game development studio based in Alborg, Denmark. I hope I said that right. It doesn't matter. Co-founded by Klaus Peterson and Jonas Byrison. Hope I said that right, too. Uh, their first game, Back to Bed, was a critical success that catapulted them into a full-fledged studio. That's awesome. I have seen this played. I think I saw Kinsey play it on a stream one time, and I, I was I really wanted to play it. I was anxious to play yeah. it at that point because it looked so good, and I, I'm pretty sure I've heard of Back to Bed. Or is that right? Have you have you not? I have not heard of it. Have you heard of it, Astro? Back to Bed. I have not. It, it sounds so familiar, but I I couldn't I couldn't tell you that I've I know exactly what it is. Maybe I've seen it in the store in passing, maybe on a discount day or something. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I kind of want to go look at it too. Back to Bed. Back to Bed. And it's on PS4. Yeah. So I might have to check it out. It, oh wait wait wait. I wonder if I think I've seen the store title. It looks like a little kid sneaking with a could be yeah a little flashlight. I don't know. I'm, Is it? A, do I you know really the art no direction? Idea. Have you seen anything about it? I can't remember. I, I I feel like I have, but I could not tell. I don't want to say for sure. I know what it is. Well, this was kind of like a hand drawn, like and, children's well, book. Figment kind of has that same feel to it, so it could very okay. well be. All right. So <clears throat> I bet I've seen the thing. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Perhaps. Uh, the next story I have is that one of 2017's most awesome games that Horizon? didn't win an award. I just thought about I that. Just said it. it didn't win an award. No. Even best downloadable content. Best VR game should have went to Super Hot. What it got it? Resident Evil Seven. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, those were both really good games. They were both stood out. Yeah, I don't know horror game or that. I've. I've spoken at length of how awesome Super, Super Hot, Hot is. Super Hot is the greatest. Astro, have you ever played Super Hot? No, but I love watching people stream it. It's just, and I also like watching people with VR headsets. Yeah, <laughs> VR is the way to go. It is. Uh, it's. I'm getting more and more into it because people are figuring it out. Yeah, and the good thing is they haven't stopped playing with it because I mean, like right now, it's it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Figure out something that works and. You know, it'll work. You know, like you're whatever it is, you'll be successful with it. Mm. Hopefully, you just feel like an ultimate badass, man. I know. When you, you pull did. that stuff, I was off. turning the gun like this. Yeah, it's just it's, it's like living in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the Matrix fantasy times ten. Um, oh, dude, I was leaning. I remember, like, you know how, like, at the very first level, I mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. You know, because I couldn't throw the knife, mm-hmm. <laughs> kept messing up, and you get down behind that uh, block. It looked like I remember laying there and I. I started leaning on it. Next thing I know, I almost fell on your uh, <laughs> yeah. on your TV stand. <laughs> ah, that's that's the weird thing about VR when it's done right. Mm-hmm. You actually get into it. You feel like you're in there. Yeah, that's that's probably the one game I've probably moved the most. Like I've ran into walls going, "Oh, there's something here." <laughs> okay, wait, I gotta back up because I don't realize I'm moving. You just get into it. Uh, anyway, the uh, Super Hot team announced that there's an expansion coming called Mind Control Delete. Uh, It's actually available now on Steam Early Access and will be available for consoles and PC late next year. The description for the DLC says that Mind Control Delete is a standalone expansion designed as a roguelike twist on the linear nature of the original Superhot. 
An expansion distills and expands on the same intoxicating rhythm of slow motion combat. The game will force you through dozens of increasingly difficult time moves only when you move gameplay challenges. I guess that's how they describe yeah. it. I loved how you started doing it. I was like, yeah. just, mm-hmm. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. that. You just moved your hand a little yeah. bit and everything just, started kind of moving. Like he was like, fast forward. Yeah. Because it does, it makes it so much easier because if you need something to happen or something's just kind of out of place, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to wiggle my hand. Yeah, there we go. Now I need it. And it <laughs> Did you see works. that dude out there fighting? He'd be sitting there like he was like, Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on with it. Um, Did you say the intoxicating rhythm of slow motion combat? Yes. That's a good description. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, Each challenge will make you more powerful and bring you closer to deciphering secrets hidden from you by the system. As you unlock powerful abilities and gain access to new playable characters... It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so will your enemies grow stronger, smarter, and more desperate to stop you? It's almost now, like they're building on and on and on. Yeah. I would. I'm. I doubt this will come to VR. I, I've had my fingers crossed because I know that the VR version. That's what I have. But they said it was a condensed version of the non-VR version. So there's a longer game out there, and as much as I would love to see this in there. I'm I'm not gonna get my hopes up for it. So there's one like maybe you free roam your little like taking like free run maybe. I don't know. I, I've never played the console. I've never even seen it played like the non VR version. Right. So I don't know how they operate. Yeah. So it's interesting. I didn't even know they had a non VR version of that. They do. Mm-hmm. I just I always just, I guess I just associated it with VR because that was one of the early games I had seen. Yeah, and I, I don't see any other way to play it. Now, granted, I think Cohen had said when we had him on that he played the yeah, non-VR version. And he liked it. And he liked it, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's good. I don't know. We'll have to try it out sometime. That's right, yeah. I didn't. Well, I guess last week was the first time I'd heard of it. That's right. All right, moving on to something I'm really excited about. Hopefully you guys will join me in this excitement. Mega Man is turning 30. He's I'm, younger than me. Wow. Yes, I'm getting old, man. Wow. Yeah, to celebrate... <laughs> me too. <laughs> Capcom made two big announcements this week, or last week, whenever you're listening. Uh, the first is that of an upcoming Mega Man X collection releasing on all platforms in summer of 2018. This collection will contain eight games. I had no idea there were eight Mega Man X games. Me- that's the one where he looks like the different outfit, yeah, right? With the white. Yeah, the white armor. with the yeah. kind of bigger helmet. Mm-hmm. Almost more like a helmet, really. Yeah. I had, again, I had no idea there were eight. I thought there were six at most. So, shows what I know. Uh, this game started as a sequel series uh, on the Super Nintendo, which I remember was... Uh, I love that. That was probably my favorite Mega Man. I, I really enjoyed it. I think the very first time I played... Well, I won't say the very first time. When I got it for the Nintendo Wii or Wii U on their virtual console, I played it and I played in a way that I'd never played before. Right. You know, because as a kid, Mega Man X was tough. They're all tough. You know, it was rough. They are all hard. Every one. For sure. But it's like, the older I got, I was like, well, I got this figured out. And I I played it from beginning to end. Like, why couldn't I do this as a kid? <laughs> I don't know. Because you already knew it. I did. You perfected it. Apparently. That's, I beat Mike Tyson one time like that. Like, I remember when I played on Mike Tyson's Punch, I could never beat Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Flash forward yeah. 20 years later, I beat Mike Tyson. You know nice. what I'm saying? Like, that's for real. Like, but I've only beat him one time since. But you did it. I did it. I, I can, can't even say that. I've he's, never beat like, Mike Like, he Tyson. is so, 
you want a challenge, go back and face Mike Tyson. I bet you 100 times out of 100 you don't beat him. <laughs> it's tough. Now, uh, the uh, Mega Man X series moved from the Super Nintendo where it originated to the original PlayStation before it ended on the PS2 with Mega Man X 8 in 2004. The Nintendo Switch is actually receiving the Mega Man Legacy Collections 1 and 2, which collects uh, Mega Man 1 through 6 and 7 through 10, respectively, and they are currently on all other platforms. I didn't care for 9 and 10. Or actually, seven through ten. I don't know. Wasn't that the one? Did nine come out on PlayStation Three? What did like the one that just come out of nowhere? Yeah, because nine and, and ten was... went back to the old format where it was like the eight yeah. bit games. Okay, but they it nine was, was hard, brutally dude. difficult. Oh, that, I think that's what it, they went to that other level, and it they don't need to do that. No, they took it. I mean, I don't mind a Mega Man. I expect a Mega Man game to be hard, but it was like the absolute hardest Mega Man game ever designed. Like, they meant to make it to piss you off. And it was just... I know I got to Wily's Castle halfway through, but I could never beat this one boss. And I was like, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm out. It just made me so mad. Because no matter what I did... Like my experience playing Mega Man 2 and 3 as a kid. You know, you get so far and then just lose all hope and Mm -hmm. give up eventually. Oh, yeah. But I kind of like that brutality there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, if your friend can do it, if they can beat it, it's very impressive. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. There was just, I don't know, there were times where it would just feel like, you know, you you mastered something. Because I think Mega Man 2 was probably the first that I finally figured out. Mega Man 1 was, I remember being brutal at first. Yeah, it was. But now I can play it Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, it's still hard, but I understand the mechanics to it a little bit more. So like Mega Man X, I figured it out. Right, you know, I know how to, to to make it happen, but I don't know the seven through ten collection. Eh, I'm I'm I can do without. I think I do have the the first collection, the legacy collection. Right, but uh, the news didn't stop there. There's a lot of news this week. Capcom also Capcom. announced Mega Man Eleven for all platforms. Wow. Yeah. Now the game trailer showed. A classic 2D platformer style, but it was updated with new graphics in a completely different way. So it's not the old 8-bit style. Uh, As new but familiar as it seems, there seems to be a completely new game mechanic introduced into the game. What it is exactly is still a mystery, but if you look at the trailer footage, uh, there's a lot of speculation. I have none, obviously. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate, but I was intrigued by one scene where you you know how Mega Man, he gets the boss powers? Yeah. And usually it's just a palette swap of his costume. Right. I was just thinking about that. Now it looks like a complete costume makeover. That's cool. So I don't know if there's more to that or if they're just trying to, to mix it up a little bit. The game is slated for release in late 2018. I'm going to put a little side note on here. If you Have you seen the trailer? I have not Astro, seen Astro, have that. you seen the trailer? Okay. No. Look this trailer up. I feel like this was Capcom giving a huge middle finger to the mighty number nine, saying, if you're going to do it, this is how you do it. (laughs) Because it had that aesthetic of that game, you know, where it was trying to update Mega Man. But they're like, no, we're we're Mega Man. You're not going to take our title. Screw you. This is how it's done. I could be wrong, but that's what I was wondering if if that's the direction they were taking, that more... Almost like 2D with a 3D. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I, again, I love Mega Man. I can't wait for the Mega Man X collection so I can play the yeah. five games I never played. 
I didn't realize there was eight of them. I didn't either. I remember I, Mega Man X on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And that's about where I stopped. I don't remember I mean, any more of them. One and two, I know I had, and I played from beginning to end. Three, I feel like I played once, but beyond that, I don't, I don't remember much about it. I don't remember and any of them. And then from that point on, I don't remember. Except one. So, last bit of news I got, a little tidbit, <laughs> is uh, Square Enix has announced that a limited physical release for the PS4 uh, on their upcoming Secret of Mana game. Oh, I can't wait for that. Uh, copies will only be sold at GameStop in the U.S. and EB oh, Games in Canada. Really? The release <laughs> uh, also has the pre-order benefit applied to it, should you want to jump on that with extra costumes and whatnot. Uh, Secret of Mana will be available February 15th for PS4, Steam, and PS Vita. If you haven't checked this game out, check it out. It's awesome. Or at least I remember it being awesome on the Super Nintendo. I wonder if that's a... Just not strategic thing, like by GameStop or nothing, but more like, you know what, we're going to put Secret of Mana out, and to save costs, we're only going to ship to one place. They'll give us money to do that. I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, because it's probably a small little place doing it, right? Yeah, and I think they even said, uh, I kind of cut it out to my notes, but uh, I think they said in Latin America, they'll have options everywhere. (laughs) So it won't just be in one spot. Right. So. Yeah, well. It could just be here. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, it looks Never like mind. it's going to be a good release. You yeah. Guys know whatever happened to the remake of Final Fantasy VII? Did that ever? It's uh, still going. Yeah, it's still in production. I just don't feel like that they've said much about it. They it's, could we say know something it's be about epi- it. What episodic? Yeah, yeah. They could say something about it tonight. Mm-hmm. They could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah tonight's the, uh, PSX. Yeah. So. PlayStation experience. So we'll update like you on they, that. Next they just week. have a lot of projects. I think they also announced a new Tomb Raider as well. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that works out. We'll, yeah, I can't we'll wait to see this that. tonight. It's going to be good. All right. Guess what time it is? I bet it's weird news. Weird news. Weird news. I hope so. I had two bits of weird news, but I just I wanted to focus on this one. Uh, guys, Wait, I wanna, does this involve anybody getting stabbed? No, I um, did not hear about that. Do you no. have some weird news you'd like to share? No, no, I'm I'm trying to guess the weird news oh. before you give me the weird news. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so nobody gets stabbed. Nobody got stabbed yet. There's um, the, it involves a cow. No, I'm seeing. I think I'm seeing your cat in my head. So I, you know, okay, that's okay. what I'm seeing. Oh right, right. Um. Last uh, chance. A bank robbery. No. Okay. Of course, you know, someone might think that there is a bank robbery after this. Uh, Ryan Reynolds will star as Pikachu <laughs> what the f- in the upcoming Pokemon movie, Detective Pikachu. Dete- Wait, it's just a, it's based on Pikachu. But it's Detective Pikachu. There is a game. <laughs> a game? Yeah. A That's game called a- Detective Pikachu. But, oh, this is the game, not the movie. He's going to star in the movie of Detective Pikachu. Okay. Let me finish my story. Mind blown. Uh, Legendary <laughs> Pictures is the one producing it. They're responsible for a lot of good movies and then this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, he will not only provide the voice for the titular Pokemon, but actually a motion capture performance as well. How's he going to do that? Uh, mocap, man. You just hop around. And be yeah, but like Pikachu. he's like Pikachu. <laughs> I want to be on set of this movie. <laughs> Now, now, just just so you have a little context as to why he's doing this, 
anyone familiar with the character, which I'm vaguely familiar with, I've seen it around. Yeah. This particular Pikachu actually speaks English, but only one other oh. person knows or can understand him, which is weird. So I guess no one else is around him. Everybody's going to be like, Pikachu, Pikachu. That's going to be funny, though. So, if you yeah, but, but at least we know he's not going to be going through the entire movie just going, Pikachu, Pika, in Deadpool voice, because right. that would just be weird. But you know good, he's going to do it. You know he's going to do it. Do Ryan Reynolds saying Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> I'm Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I don't do very good Ryan Reynolds. But it was yeah, pretty, it was pretty convincing. Be his normal conversational voice. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so there's your weird news. I like Ryan that. Reynolds is Pikachu. Could you? That was a really good weird news. It I was. forgot about I felt that like that, that just covered everything. It was really weird. It, it's very <laughs> weird and true. It was true. This, you know, because if this had came out in April, it'd be like, no, this is an April Fool's joke. Yeah. It's not. They probably were going to put it out on April 1st, and I was like, no, we can't do that. No. People won't believe us. We can't even go around April 1st or in the month of April. Nope. you got to get it out now. We're going to go in November. This is just insane. That's what it is. All right. We are going to move on to our discussion topic. And Astro, I kind of picked this one out. I'm kind of glad that this one came up on your week because I think you might have a little something to say about this, I hope. Last okay. week... I saw a video on the Game Theory YouTube channel. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. Game Theory. Game Theory. Game Theory. They, they uh, usually... Maybe. It sounds familiar. Uh, the, the host, Matt Pat, he likes to suggest... Um, sometimes when it comes down to games itself, you'll hear, hear stories about, you know, oh, well... Maybe Link is dead in Majora's Mask. I've heard that story before. Oh, and they link all of it together. Yeah, and he'll okay, find all the, the you. you know tidbits and everything that they the, these theories come from, and he'll try to either prove it or disprove it. But again, at the end of it, he says it's just a theory. You know? right. So you take it as as you want. He actually did one uh, one time, which I thought was very interesting, where he proved through theory. That the character Rosalina from uh, Star, what was it Super Mario Galaxy, the Star Princess, yeah. was actually the daughter of Princess Peach and Luigi. <laughs> and wow. yeah, when you when you look at all the evidence he poses, you're actually left going, "Holy crap, he's right!" It's hard to dispute, but it's, it's just, just a theory. But it's just a theory. But a lot of it is just I don't know. It's it's hard not to believe. I would love to just sit down and read a book of theories on different things, just normal stuff that science, you know, like puts a theory on it. Yeah, it just be weird stuff we don't know about. Sure, I guess the ones that get cut. Mm -hmm. Now, anyway, um, in his uh, video that I watched, he suggested that gaming currently is in the middle of an indie game revolution. He mentions that there's currently a decline in sales to sequels with some AAA titles such as Watch Dogs, Dishonored, and Titanfall. He even says that he feels like uh, you're kind of seeing a decline in the sales at GameStop. He even mentions how uh, Kojima, uh, Clef Belinsky, and even David Jaffe have cut ties with big studios and gone independent. Then there's the controversy that seems to come with AAA titles such as uh, many focusing on DLC, microtransactions, and multiple game editions. He even points out how graphics have even reached kind of a, a stalemate with graphics being so good now. You kind of wonder where they can go beyond where they stand now. Yeah. Um, with all of that said, you see the indie scene not focused on trying to pump out the prettiest, most graphically advanced game, but more on tapping into some of the retro nostalgia that 
we kind of see while simultaneously poking fun at games it reveres or even creating games that make you even question the definition of what a game actually is. You know, we've seen that a lot here lately. Right. Um, The most fascinating idea that he proposes here is that over the last 30 years, gaming has gone through the exact same changes and trends as modern art history. More specifically, modernism, postmodernism, and post-postmodernism, which itself actually took about 150 years. So... An example of this reflection, how it can be seen, uh, is through postmodernism art, such as a bowling pin hanging on a wall or a splash of paint on a canvas. Many would ask, point mm-hmm. blank, how is this considered art? On the gaming end, you have games like Mountain or Rock Simulator, where you were allowed to play as these things in a very realistic sense. And obviously, a mountain's not going to move. Mm-mm. A rock's not going to do anything but roll. So you beg the question, how is this a game? So the question I'm posing here today is if this is where we are today in gaming, essentially a postmodernism world, where do we go from here in what would consider the post-postmodernism world of gaming? What is the next shift? That's a huge question. Yes. We could talk about this all day. Yeah, we could. But I, I felt <laughs> like it would be a great topic where where do we go from here where is the next level of games because at some point we're going to be tired of the irony and and everything that kind of comes with you know kind of throwing everything back in our faces we're like oh well we're making fun of you know zelda over here and we're making fun of super mario over here okay we got it and even in movies i feel like there's been that that trend where Superhero movies, that's a great one to kind of focus on where they went from being silly and campy, uh, kind of take uh, Adam West Batman. Right. You know, that came during a trend mm-hmm. where everybody thought that was what comic books were. And then eventually yeah. people were like, no, that's not what it is. And then you had Tim Burton come on the scene and he kind of created a darker Batman. Right. But it still was kind of light. And then it took a few more years before we got a really dark, more realistic Batman. And then that hits that home. But even still, we shifted out of that at some point where people are like, I don't want dark all the time. Right. And you see these trends just yeah. shift. So when where do we go after we were just tired of the, the winking and irony of video games as they stand now, especially in the indie market? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as much where do we go as much as how do we play them. Because mm-hmm. I think if you can get... If somebody perfects VR in a certain way to make it just so just non-complicated at all and you throw the right narrative and graphics and immersion in it and that could be the going trend after that Mm -hmm. so that's my vote it's really hard to say i mean um i think gosh it's hard to pick what direction to go here but with youtube and twitch you know um when the when a game trends, it trends like crazy. Yeah, millions of people are uh, getting this exposure to a streamer or a, a content creator, you know. And uh, it could just be some random indie game that just launches and sells fifty million copies. Right. I mean, that's what happened with Summoners War, the uh, mobile game I play now. I don't know how many copies it's sold now, but the first year it came out, it was fifty million copies, and that's an I, I've heard that the rule with apps is uh, uh, 
you have to succeed in three months. Um, and oftentimes apps only last like three months and then maybe they don't get enough downloads or people don't spend enough money and they're gone. And I feel like the same thing is true for, um, indie games on steam, for example. Um, but there's a lot of probing with, uh, what a game could be like, yeah. maybe it's a small production at first and they, they put it out in the alpha and it, there's a little surge and people get into it. So they develop it more and it keeps going and going. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I would kind of feel like that at some point we're going to kind of see a shift back to uh, normal, more intuitive narratives. I think Detroit yeah. Become Human would be right. a great example of that where we were talking about that before. Something that that really challenges what a game can be. And we, we've kind of seen right. some of this kind of emerge here and there. But when, when I'm saying what a game can be, I mean really, really take it to a deep depth that gets you into it in a way that a movie or a book cannot get you into. How deep can you get? How emotional can you get? Because there there have only been, I would say, a few times that I have actually gotten emotional with a game. Because yeah. for, for whatever reason, there's still that disconnect that a video game is not real. Right. With movies you see real people, you see real environments and it's a lot easier to relate in some way to the people in front of you versus a video game where sometimes it's just, it's hard. Right. But there are times, I I think the last of us was one that That, really uh, evoked an emotional response to me, especially at the beginning, because I can see myself in that situation. Yeah. You know, how would I react? It would hurt. Did it, did it invoke just the worst reaction out of me? Probably not. I've, I've had worse out of movies, but there was still that, that hurt, that pain. Yeah. So I feel like that if games are moving into a direction away from the irony, from, from shining the mirror back into our faces, it's going to be in trying to really reinterpret how games can, can be more right. artful, I guess, in a way. Because I'll be honest oh, with yeah. you, games like, Mountain and Rock Simulator. That that is shit. My name is Mayo. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I understand that people are, are trying to be clever with it, but but there are times where where we've talked about right. fidget spinner That's simulator. Stupid. That is not a game. I will put a stamp yeah. on that. That is not a game. That is somebody trying to manipulate people into thinking this is something you can get for what a dollar, mm-hmm. and you're just going to enjoy it, but. A hundred people give him a dollar for this stupid game, and he's made a hundred bucks. You give me a hundred dollars every day, man. I'll be all right. And you know he didn't spend that type of money to make this fidget spinner simulator. He's probably one of the classiest, smartest programmers who said, this will be like, take me two seconds to make a a simulated fidget spinner, and boom, I can make millions. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know what he's made on it. I would, too. If he's made a million, that's awesome. Yeah. so not awesome. It's stupid, but... So well, it, I'm not going to judge judge people for making something like that or uh, yeah. someone for buying something like that if they <laughs> enjoy it. But um, I want to take it back a minute because you had uh, you had kind of likened what we're talking about to different movements in art. Yes, and I think uh, me personally, I think in the early 2000s, I, I kind of fell off of playing single player games almost entirely mm-hmm. uh, when I discovered like an MMO. I played Final Fantasy XI when that came out. And I played that very seriously (laughs) for a few years. It was the first time I'd um, 
played a game where I was interacting with people online and it was imperative that you develop these relationships progress in the game to like working uh, teamwork style relationships mm-hmm. right. party in order to level up. <clears throat> but it, just going back to single player games after that, I didn't really feel like there was much out there for me for years, but now we have these giant productions like uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, for example, Rockstar. These are these are marquee productions like the big block, right? Mm, right. Uh, which you can play single player for I don't know how many hours. I still haven't finished that game. It's, yeah, it's massive, it's crazy. But then you can also do the online experience where you're co-oping, which is great. But um, I don't know. It's it's like genres and art. They come and go. Yeah. Um, right. And sometimes they come back. So for me, I feel like the linear story is coming back. I played Metro Last Light and Metro 2033 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fell in love with them. I yeah. also played Soma. And I never thought I'd really be into linear story games again. But there was three this year that I fell in love with. I cannot wait for Exodus to come out now. Right. Um, hopefully that's on PC sooner than later. I think it's going to be on Xbox first. Oh yeah, uh, as an exclusive for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I was talking about the online play. There's also the sandbox game, which is uh, which is Daisy to me, or Minecraft. Those are kind of well, Minecraft itself. I think of it as a masterpiece that's been around for years. Yeah, and you know you either love it or you don't. But Minecraft isn't going anywhere. No. <laughs> You can not pay a single dime and still enjoy that game. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about a new release that just came out on Steam, though. Sandbox uh, Islands. It's spelled Y-L-A-N-D-S. Uh, Ariana Moon was playing it on her stream. Mm-hmm. Another epic streamer. It looks like a lot of fun. It's made by Bohemia, who does Arma and Daisy and yeah. all that. that but it's kind of a Minecraft about? creative co-op game. Oh, okay. It's so only it's on PC yeah. though, guys. Sorry. No, yeah, no, no. It. It's fine. <laughs> I, I want a PC so bad. Yeah. I that's why. I mean, I just wanted to play PUBG right now. <laughs> I've been doing some uh, light uh, PC gaming. I just it's it's difficult for me, and I guess uh, when I say difficult, it's just the console's there, <laughs> and all I got to do is press a button. With the the computer, I could probably do the same thing, but there's the mouse and everything, and the comfort of the controller is just so nice and. I don't oh know. <laughs> no! I yeah, I I'm with you there. I I want to figure out a way to cast my PC to my TV so I can sit on the couch, mm-hmm. and it's doable. Oh yeah, but, um, I've I've actually done I, this with the laptop, and it's um again, it's just it's working up to it. The the work that's involved versus just grabbing the controller and sitting down. So yeah, how I can make that easier? That would be great. No, we grew up playing games on the couch. You know, yeah. yes, couch co-op. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean this this uh I thought this was a great idea. I thought this was a great story. It, it definitely made me think and you know, I, I liked hearing what you guys had to say about it. Um I really would love to see I, I think, you know, the linear narrative as you were saying, uh kind of what I was saying, where it really challenges what a game can be, uh from an art form. Right. And even like you said, VR, I could really see that taking hold at some point where it's almost the kind of common thing yeah. that we're all doing. So it, it's, it's well, kind it's like of like an art art show. Somebody curates it. 
yeah. with the linear story, or even even if there's a little bit of open worldness to it, like you have some decisions to take different paths, mm-hmm. right? Uh, people still want a little bit of curation there, like to, maybe to elicit an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about that game earlier, um, <laughs> um, where that woman was upset about the child abuse, right? Yeah, right. So that that was put in there to make you feel a certain way and have right. to make some decisions. And there, there's some decisions like that in Soma and uh, Metro, um, yeah. which I think are successful. Right. Makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. Like a movie does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see. Hopefully in 30 years we can come back when we're it's gonna move old and gray and just talk about it. Do you remember when? You remember Mario when we were talking about that? No, I think 10 years from now will be like that. Because it'll be so different 10 years from now. And and it's very true. It's very true. It does move a lot But Do you think if you take Detroit Become Human and you merge it with um, VR Mm -hmm. and make it legit and really feel comfortable and exactly the way it needs to feel, you got some. Yeah. It's like you're actually there inside the game with Mm -hmm. them. I still love that. Looking around, seeing everything. Oh, yeah. It's solid, man. I need to. I wish I could. Again, that comes back to what I was saying with PC gaming. Setting up with the VR, I love doing it, but it's oh, you got to put this in, and then you got to put that on, and once you're in, you're in. Well, if you don't want to forget stop. something, you got to pop the damn screen out like mm-hmm. this and look down so you don't step on the dog. And and that's not to say that VR is not awesome. It is. It's just getting there. Same with PC gaming. I got to get there, and you know what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I like that choice. You know, like right now, I've been playing a lot of VR games, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll stop for a while and I'll just play regular. But then I can go back. Yeah. That's the, the great thing. You know, it. that's probably why I got into mobile games, honestly. Like, I can just like be on an iPad or on my phone and just lay on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> Ready I'll, to go. I'll be in the middle of something and I'll pull up an app on my phone that's got a game and just be like, well, I'll play this for a second while I'm. Not interested in whatever's on TV at the time, but <laughs> kind of paying attention, but not really. So, yeah. But awesome. Guys, that was a great topic. Great was opinions. Topic. Uh, we're going to move on to our release dates yes. for the next week, the upcoming week. As always, release dates subject to change, and I do not have a list for every PC game that's coming out because there are so many. And they can be bought as a Christmas gift for me. Yes, if you any want of to these do that. On PS4. On PS4. If any of the five people listening. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they, they gift you something yeah. really awesome. Probably won't. They won't even make a comment. Um, on December 11th, we have Battlefield 1 Turning Tides for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. December 12th, we have Player Unknown Battleground coming to Xbox One. Ooh. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard Gold Edition for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Plus... The Resident Evil Biohazard Not a Hero and End of Zoe DLC coming for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So take your pick. Do you want the DLC or do you want the complete package? I want the DLC because I already got the game. (laughs) I need to get the complete package because I don't have anything. (laughs) Um, Gang Beast for PS4. Don't know what that is. I don't either, but I read something about it the other Mm day. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's those little like claymation wrestlers where you can fight your friends. They look like little Play-Doh guys. Yep. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I know what he's talking about now. It looks fun. Yeah. Yes. I remember seeing it at E3. They ran it during the beginning of the PS4 or the PlayStation press conference. It was one of those. 
Well, you said claymation. You sold me already. It's so. kind of like a little beat. Is it, is it like a little beat em up? Am I right? Yeah, it's a yeah. beat em up thing. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I'm in. Uh, you've got Okami HD coming for PS4 and PC. I might get that game. I want that. I, I kind of have it. I kind of wish it would roll over because I had it. I know about it on PS3. So mm. it'd be nice if it rolled over, but I yeah. know it won't. Mm. But it'd be nice if it did. Um, Fallen Legion Flames of Rebellion for PS4. The End is Nigh for the Nintendo Switch. Party Planet for the Nintendo Switch. Pinball FX3 for the Nintendo Switch. Wow. And Fallout 4 VR for the PC. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Cool. On December 13th, we have Loot Box Quest for PC. <laughs> if you remember, we talked about that a few weeks. I, th- I think it was about a week or so ago. These guys created a game where you just open loot boxes, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you know what? That's one of those games that we're just talking about. Yeah. What defines a game? Well, if this is what you do in games, they're they're poking fun. They're shining the mirror in the light of society yeah. right now. Saying, totally. So Summoner's War, like, you're, you're just trying to get all these scrolls by mm-hmm. doing dungeons and things like that. Um, and really, that's all you want to do is summon. So people have done summoning simulators. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of the loot box generators as well. Nice. Uh, also on December... T- Seems pretty trolly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> also on December 13th, we have Final Fantasy XV DLC Episode Ignis for PS4. December 14th, we have Wolfenstein II, The New Colossus, The Adventures of Gunslinger Joe. Damn. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Also, Ukulele and Bleed for the Nintendo Switch. The light. Yeah, yeah, a little, but you know, Nintendo's always playing catch up. Uh, on December fifteenth, we have Lost Grimoires Two: Shard of Mystery for Xbox One, Circuits for Xbox One. It was, and Unepic for Nintendo Switch. That sounds familiar. It does. Unepic. It shouldn't though. It Why shouldn't does that sound familiar? familiar? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look that up. But yeah, they're always playing catch up. Because it's Nintendo. I love them so, but come on. Yeah, same thing. Catch up. Yeah. Their console. All right. Are we ready for this week's retro review? Yes. Every week. Oh, Re- yeah. All right. Please. I think I got a good one. I, I debated because I had another one in mind and I thought, no, I'm going to go this way. Is it going to have music? Yes. When are we playing it? Uh, as soon as I say the title. As soon as you say the title, that's, the music's going to start. When I say the title, the music always begins. Music after you say it is it uh, does it involve a detective? No, a plumber. No. Um, one more guess. Sure. Give me a hint. Medieval. Ghosts and goblins. No. Damn it. Dragon Warrior Ooh, I love that. Four. Oh, I love that game. Dragon Warrior Four. Or wow, as it's known in uh, other regions, or even as it's re-released today, Dragon Quest Four: Chapters of the Chosen. Yep. Uh, Dragon Warrior 4 was uh, released in North America on the NES in October of 1992. It's a role-playing game that I absolutely loved on the original Nintendo. Now, as a fan of the series prior to this game, I had played through each one. Uh, I wouldn't say I beat them all. I know I beat one, maybe two, probably never finished three. Uh, But I was always intrigued by how they changed the dynamic of the game. Now, the first one (laughs) was kind of a test-run game if I ever saw one. Right. Because it was a very small map, 
you didn't have a lot to do. It was kind of boring. Yeah, that's the one. That, isn't that the one that came with uh, the, 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 the Nintendo Power? Nintendo Power, yes. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah. I mean, it was kind of involved, but again, it was, when you really look back on it, it's very basic. It's very simple. So, understandably, I can I can be like, well, I kind of understand. It's, they're trying it out. They're trying to see what they can do with it. So, that was a test case for me. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. I, I, I had fun with it. Yeah. Uh, the second one added two extra members to your party, and then it opened up the world very, you know, into a very immense world. Uh, at that time, being able to scour a giant world, whether it be via boat or a vehicle, it was unheard of. Yeah, it was But awesome. it's amazing. Back then, it was just like, oh my God, I get to get on a boat and I can just go wherever? That's, that's insane. So, to me, that was kind of like the early days of uh, open world yeah. areas, you know, because it... Not, not quite in the same way, but kind of was. Yeah. It's um, all, all we had. Yeah, it, it was all we had, but it was amazing. Kind of like black and white TV. That's right. No, it, it, it was incredible. But then if you forgot what you needed to do, you could get so lost. Yes. <laughs> and wind up that? in a world that you were not prepared for. <laughs> um, part three uh, added like a day and night element, which changed your overall environment, which I thought was also something wholly unique. Because if you're out at night... Uh, you get different enemies. If you go into town at night, mm-hmm. people are shops are closed, or you might see new people out. So yeah. everything changed. But for me, Part Four did something that I felt was a breath of fresh air after the three games, and that was chapters. Now, most of these games, like many RPGs, they can begin to feel long and drawn out, yeah. especially when you have to grind for your levels, and, and you know it just becomes this hassle. Like you even said. Astro, where you just kind of get lost, and then you're you're confronted by all this stuff, and you're just like, I don't know where to go, and you just, I don't know, you kind of feel a, a little vacant. You're just all over the place. Right. Um, this game, it broke the story down into chapters, which for me helped the game move along in a way without feeling repetitive, because each new chapter made way for a new character, new settings, and even new music to accompany it. New That's the most important thing. So each character was unique in their mm-hmm. own way. They had their own unique companions that accompanied them. The characters you play in the first four chapters eventually meet up with the game's main protagonist, who's only known as the hero, or whatever you choose to name him. Uh, hero's fine. Hero's fine. Uh, and at that point, they create a caravan of heroes to take down the evil Stark. Stark? E-Stark. Or Stark. Stark. Is that like my name in Spanish or something? Sure. Uh, (laughs) uh, To give you an idea on how each chapter changed things up a bit, I'll kind of breakly or breakly briefly break them down. Words are hard today, like Nintendo. I couldn't even say it. We've only had one beer. What's going on? (laughs) Um, Now, in chapter one, you play as Ragnar, who's the captain of the Berlin army, who is investigating a case involving a string of missing children. While investigating the case, he uncovers a plot to assassinate the hero. This leads him on a journey at the end of the chapter to protect the hero. He can also be accompanied by a friendly slime who just wants to help out. Actually, they I don't think it's a help out, I don't think it's a slime. I think it's a a healer. Do you remember the characters in Dragon Warrior? It's like a little uh, looks like a little jellyfish, but they're called healers. Oh, so don't like a little jelly Hershey kiss? No, it's very similar in style, but I think he was a I think he was a healer. Is what they're called. I just remember jails. They look just like junior mints. <laughs> yeah. So it was. I think that's what he that's was. I think the I first thing I think of when I think of Dragon Warrior is those little slime. Yeah. Little Hershey Kiss guys. 
In Chapter 2, you play as the tomboyish Princess Alina and her two friends, Bray and Curl? Curl? I don't know. Curl. We'll just call him Curl. Curl. What's up, Curl? What's up, Curl? Uh, As they try (laughs) to prove their strength. During the journey, Alina's father loses his voice after speaking of a dream he had depicted ending the world. And they just took his voice away. They did, just took it right on up. Now, once she restores his voice, she travels to the town of Endor. That's not a Rupolf, if I ever heard one. No, uh, it's not. To enter a tournament where she defeats all of its combatants except for one warrior named Sario the Manslayer who ducks out at the last minute like a chump. Now, after the victory, she returns home to the castle and finds it empty, so she decides to find or set out into the world and find out what happened. Chapter 3, you play as a merchant named Taloon as he tries to establish a business in Endor. He lives on the Ewok City. Yeah. Later, he hears about a legendary set of weapons and he sets out to find them. This chapter, as simple as that was, just to to explain because that's all it was, I love this chapter so much because they give you the ability as a merchant to play like a merchant. You get to run your store. You get to to go out and find items, and then you take them back to your store, and you can sell them to people. And it's like it just added this whole new element to the game that you hadn't seen before. So it's like, I get to be the the shopkeeper, the guy who's behind the desk that I'm always having to talk to to get stuff? No, no, no. I get to be that guy now. I get to earn the money. Me. Yeah, that's cool. It's like a trade system or like being part of the economy rather than... Just going and buying 99 potions one at a time. Exactly. Selling the wooden swords you dropped. And and <laughs> as simple as it sounds, it just it really did shift the gameplay for me. And I, I just felt like it, it revitalized as you're playing. Because at that point, this is chapter three, you're halfway through the game. And then they just put this nice little, you know, change into it that you weren't expecting. Like, wow, this is something new. So it just it refreshes you at that point. You move into chapter four and you follow Maya and Mina, who are two sisters seeking revenge on the murder of their father. They avenge their father's murder, but are thrown into a dungeon by the murder's master. And they escape from the dungeon and make their way to Endor. And then finally, you get to chapter five and you begin the hero's journey, uh, with his hometown being attacked by monsters led by that coward from earlier, Sorrow the Manslayer. Uh, the hero manages to escape and is eventually joined by the main characters from all the previous chapters, and together they spy on Sario and discover that Estark, the Hispanic Todd here, yeah. uh, Todd is the Stark. ruler of evil, and he has been awakened. So I'm a bad, I'm a bad, I'm yeah. a bad man. You're a bad guy. Todd Estark. Their quest then becomes to travel to Estark's palace and defeat him. Now, this game was released, uh, or has been released and even remade on various platforms such as the PlayStation and the Nintendo DS. Uh, Their remakes had localization tweaked to be a little bit more accurate to the Japanese translations. And I kind of felt like that in some cases, the names could be a little on the nose, if you you know what I mean. Like, for example, there were two mercenaries that you uh, run into with Taloon. And in the game that I played on the Nintendo, it, they were, their names were Laurent and Strom. Kind of have a, a medieval-sounding name to them, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. The remake, <coughs> excuse me, their names are Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Doesn't really seem like two soldiers 
that you, or two mercenaries for that matter. Yeah. Uh, They're gonna slap each other. Yeah. Damn it, Holly. Uh, another Is that a movie or a book or something? Laurel and Hardy. They're, they were a comedy duo back in the nineteen uh, twenties and thirties. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, another was a stage stage performer in the uh, chapter four, originally known as Panon or Panon, however you want to say it. His name uh, was translated as Tom Foolery. Baha. <laughs> <laughs> Now, despite that, <laughs> yeah, despite that, I did play the remake on the DS. Um, I remember playing it. it. It took me a minute as I was writing this. It's like, did I play that? And then I had to look up video, and I was like, I did play this. It's okay. Uh, it was it was neat to see this game, you know, remastered and you know, new graphics and everything like that because it was like seeing a new coat of paint on an old house. You know, right? You re- you remember this? The game is still as it was, but. It looks new, so it looks different. So it was neat to see, uh, and they even tacked on an additional chapter to the game for the for the remake. So you nice. got more game for your buck. For your buck. Now the game also won several awards after its release, such as uh, best RPG and best game grand prize. It's also one of the best selling games for the Japanese Famicom system. The DS remake was even nominated uh, for best RPG in 2008 at the IGN Game Awards. It was also the first game in the series to have a spin-off with the character of Taloon starring in his own series where he continues his quest to expand his business. This series itself led to the creation of another Dragon Quest series, Mystery Dungeon. Never heard of it. Uh, I've heard of it. I've never played it. Now, I've personally not played any new Dragon Quest game uh, since they moved on from the old NES consoles. I, I did not purchase those consoles when, when those games were new. Uh, and even though I could go back and play them now, I've just not taken the effort to do so. Now, I have no illusions that the newer games are not going to be as good as this version. So it's not that I'm afraid to go play a new Dragon Quest game because nothing's ever going to live up to this one. I just feel that it's perhaps my favor for the series kind of dwindled as it got away from me. Kind of, I would almost say kind of like Zelda has because yeah. I, I, I want to play Breath of the Wild so bad, but the farther away the game got, I was just like... Uh, there it is, and I'm just uh, get to it eventually. I'm just not aching to play it right now. You You've know? done it before, right? So there's just not enough time in the world to play all re- the games you want to play. There really is. You are absolutely right. Um, but anyway, I, I just my love for this game and how awesome it was and will always be. I, I feel like we'll always keep that door open. Should I ever want to, to try a new Dragon Quest game at some point? Right. But but this was one of uh, the best RPGs I ever remember playing as a child. Uh, and I say child. I was I was in my teenage years. I was getting there. He was a child. Uh, yeah, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> you're um, a child till you're 21. Right. I was at least 13. Oh, we'll say that. You're a kid. You're a kid. I was a kid. He's a kid. But as a, as a teenager, it was a fun RPG. I enjoyed it. Had a lot of love for it, still do to this day. If you've never played it, get out there and check it out. I highly recommend it. Is there any sound effects we can talk about on it? Uh, no. There's no. <laughs> Maybe I can make. I, may, I can add. I can add some sound effects right now, and it'll be of something going uh, screaming and getting hit. There it is, right there. That sounded awesome. Yeah. Whatever it was, something just died. 
<laughs> you, you know what sold me on that that uh, review is uh, the fact that you get to play all these different characters at certain parts in the game. Yeah. And you move on to the next one, and then they meet up later. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, well, Final Fantasy three. That's what it was released as to us. Yes. On, mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Is it actually uh, five or I six? I think it was six. But yes, okay. I know which one so, you're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of that in that game. I yes. love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably one of the reasons I found favor for that one as well. Because um, mm-hmm. the first Final Fantasy game I think I ever played was Final Fantasy 2. And it was fun. But 3, there was just something more to it. it oh, it's yeah. always held higher favor for me. Or at least six, whatever, whatever you people out there want to call it, you know it's what we're Final talking Fantasy. about. It's Final, Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy game, the good three one. for the Super Nintendo. You know what we're talking about. Was that where you had the airship? Yes. Say so that was the well, first. Well, you had Final an airship Fantasy. in part. They all have four. the airship. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but that one had a very unique. Uh, Kefka. Kefka. Kefka's the bad guy, or mm-hmm. Gestal, or something. Remember and those then, guys? Then the entire world destroys itself. It's like at the end of the first half of the game, the entire world goes into shambles. Nice. So it's and that was unique too. I don't think I'd ever seen that in a game where the entire environment changes. So everything that mm-hmm. you do shifts off, and now everything's different. So you can go back yep. to these old places, and it's like, oh, I remember this, but now it's changed because of the world. So yeah, that was an awesome game. That's gonna have to be a review one day. One day. One day. Maybe next. Maybe next week. But right now, that is our show, guys. That's it. That is it. Grump, you did awesome. Yes. Thank you for chiming in. Do you prefer to be called Astro or Grump or just always Astro Grump? Uh, any of those three. I think it's... Uh, I I like it when people call me Grump. I'm usually not grumpy, but, I, you know, oh, I like totally it. you're totally not grumpy. No. <laughs> How did uh, you thanks get for that having name? me, guys. Nice talking to you. Some yep. of these subjects felt so big, like... They did. Oh, no, we could just keep going forever. Yeah, this this one felt a, a very deep, a lot of deep yeah. subject matter. Quick question. I I think we were just wondering, where where did you get the name Astro Grump? Where did that come from? I should have asked that earlier. Whoa, wow. Okay. Yeah, here's another um, deep kind question. Kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. Okay. Um, there's a... Uh, my uh, grandmother had a psychic that she went to, and my mother saw her at one point. And the <laughs> psychic awesome. told my mother that uh, she was going to have a child, and it would be the soul of her golden retriever that had died. And that dog's name was Astro. Yes. And then Grump comes from in-game names of mine. Um, I read the Game of Thrones stories along uh, the books a long time ago, and they always talked about grumpkins and snarks beyond the wall in the north. So grumpkin was often a name, or grumpkin snark was a name. So I thought I'd combine those two silly things from my life to Astro Grump. That's pretty awesome. That is, that's a great story. Oh yeah, isn't that weird? Like it's just the psychic, it's like yeah, that is uh, great. Your, your dog's gonna be back. <laughs> when you get ready kid. to sit on the couch, do you turn around three times and then sit down? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I always spin around. <laughs> yeah. Can't find that tail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to end the show. Thank you for all of our listeners who follow our podcast across the web. Leave us reviews on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, wherever you listen. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow our Facebook page, join our community page to talk games with fellow gamers. 
give us some topics to discuss. Hop over to Redbubble, get an official t-shirt. Get or a some t-shirt, other damn. merch like a coffee mug or a sticker. Whatever you want. It's got our logo Ooh, I'd on I'd take it. a mug. Yeah. If you drink coffee, get a mug. If you have a car, get a bumper sticker. There you go. If you, if you don't have any of that, you just get a t-shirt. Get a t-shirt. Or if you have all of it, get all three. There you go. That's how it works. You can also go to patreon.com slash pencil and paper productions. Help support the show. Chuck in five bucks or more. Get your early access content to things we're doing. Whether it be Man Cave Season 2, which is about to end its run in about two weeks. Episode yeah. 5 should be out right now upon, you know, the release of this podcast. Not right, right yeah, it's now. It's not out right now. But it'll be out yeah. when, when you're hearing this. It'll Murder Mystery this week. That's right. Uh, we're, we're doing a, a whole lot of other stuff. We're going to be uh, doing a couple of more things over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and and a little little footnote, we'll, we'll also kind of remind everyone uh, next week uh, we're going to be taking a break after next week, you know, for for the holidays. Yeah, and a little little R and R, you know, we need yeah. to we need to revitalize, get this sh- keep the show going right. Yeah, I mean, we're still off man cave, and you've been working hard. That's right. Um, I need, I need a, a little break. Christmas break. It'll be it'll be fine. It'll be good for me, and I can come back. Yeah, strong. you deserve it. How long would we have to wait though? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. For oh, for the uh, return, uh, I don't know, four weeks max, but we'll see. We okay. might come back sooner. We will see. But uh, again, we're ju- we want to kind of give everybody a heads up, and then we'll tell you again next week when we're gonna sign off on our finale, as it were, as it were, as it were. But guys, I've been Stephen White, and I am Todd Stark. Astro again, great having you here, man. Awesome guest. Yes. It's a pleasure. I hope you guys keep this up. Great show. Great to be here. We'll definitely have you back again sometime, man. Sounds good. Nice meeting you, Astro Grump. Or just Mr. Grump. (laughs) Whatever you like. Astro. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you, too. Join us again next time. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.